0: You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. (laughs) (laughs)
1: What's up, creeps? And welcome to a brand new Brain Stew Fresh Frights Review. Brain Stew! Yeah. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, Jeremy. Actually, I can't even remember the last time we did a Fresh Frights Review.
0: It's It's been a minute, man. The I'm, Cursed? I'm, I'm looking forward no, to X. it. No,
1: X. I think, yeah, X yeah, was X, the last X, yeah. new I'm... horror movie. Um, But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about Men. Directed by Alex Garland. Your favorite uh, topic. (laughs) Men, yes. Um, Ex Machina, which is one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years. And Annihilation, um, this is his new folk horror film, if you will. Jeremy, have you seen any of Alex Garland's other movies?
0: Annihilation. I've seen that one. Uh, It was strange and great and bizarre and... Much like men, after it was over with, I was thinking about the entire film and how crazy it was. And this one, this one hit me harder, though. I'll tell you that. It's been what two weeks since we've seen it, or two? I feel
1: like almost three weeks. Almost three weeks, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you're you're right. Almost three weeks. And I, I think I've still pretty much every day thought about this movie since I've seen it. It's
1: wow, really that much. Really, I don't
0: even know if it just resonated. It's just one of the strangest things I've ever seen, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to Dude, finally Dude, He
1: literally about reached into your, he cut your brain open, your skull open, and, and dropped some fucking solution into your brain. Just it wasn't like solution, it was it this fucked movie. up
0: British teeth that he dropped <laughs> in my brain.
1: There are some fucked up British teeth There's in this some movie.
0: Fucking unbelievably bad British fucking but
1: teeth. But bro, I wish they were real. They're not. Yeah. I, they're not real. God damn it. I wanted some real bad British teeth. But ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm not sure like how many people are actually hyped for this movie. Um, Annihilation was a movie that I remember being so excited for because Ex Machina... I always say that wrong because you're supposed to have an accent on there because it's Spanish or whatever. But um, I remember Anni- Annihilation, whatever, I saw it at like, an advanced thing at Alamo Draft House And it didn't hit me immediately. But much like you said, Jeremy, a minute ago, it had you thinking... So I went and saw it again the next day and it actually worked like it, it, for some reason, like seeing it a second time, like it, everything kind of gelled and worked out for me and I ended up really loving the movie. Something about Garwin's visual sense as a director, there's something that's just visually stunning about every single thing he does. So personally, I've been really excited for this movie. And after I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, what is he doing here? Well, let me tell our audience right now, Jeremy, that trailer is no indication as to what the movie actually fucking is at all whatsoever. Did you get that at all? Oh, for sure. I mean,
0: the greatest thing about the trailer is that you watch it for men, and you watch it and you go, what is this thing? You know, it's got the music. It's got some of the eerie shots. But you go, well, what is this and one thing that that us as horror fans should know by now is that with A twenty four, yes, we're not getting traditional horror outside of a few things. A- X was kind of traditional horror, but it was the closest thing I'd say, right? Yeah, it, it upped the shock value, I guess, for for mainstream horror. But everything else from A twenty four, it's it's not typical horror fodder, man. It's 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 a, it's along
1: the yeah. I would call it like a level of art house horror, if you will, not to sound too pretentious, but it does, it does walk that fine line as this movie does.
0: There a 24 puts out films that it gives you somewhat of standard story with people. And you're like, okay, here's people living their day to day life. And then it just becomes a nightmare fuel thing that it's almost not horror, but it's horrifying. I don't know. Their films are strange. And one, one, theme that I that I find really interesting with A twenty four is that it's grief. Dude, like I mean almost always almost always their their plots revolve around grief. You know, you've got hereditary, you've got midsummer. I'm pretty sure those are A24, right? Yep, they okay. both are yeah. okay, Hereditary Midsummer, mm-hmm. you've got lamb, you know, you've got all these things that everything is just like grief fuel. You know, even lamb lamb it's the grief of not being able to bear children. You know, yeah, and I mean,
1: this movie deals with very strong themes, more human themes, if you will. I think that's the best way to put it. Right. Sure. They, they try to give more human el- hum- human element to the movies, grief, loss and guilt. All of those things are in this movie. Um,
0: I, I, would those- I would challenge I would challenge a 24, you know, like for future <laughs> things like give me instead of grief, give me happiness and then fuck that up. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Turn happiness into horror. Yeah, make Make that shit horrifying. Make happy. Because we all know there's so few people happy in this world right now.
0: Yeah, so, like, take that theme, you know, something something or someone that's happy, and then then send us through a nightmare fucking journey. Because, you know, these movies, it's people that are kind of fucked up, that are dealing with something fucked up that's happened in their lives. And then it's like, all right, well, we're about to make their lives even more fucked up and send them on this, you know, terrifying journey. So twenty four. I challenge you. Let's do a happy, fucked up movie.
1: I'd love to see that. But I also, you know, I, I do understand uh, the mindset. I think some of the best horror is that horror that really does connect with your inner psyche and your emotions and stuff that you've been through. You know, that's it's what it's really trying to do. It's trying to tap into that, the internal of you and and, and really connect with it rather than just being for show. Not that we like to shit on Blumhouse a lot. I mean, we know what their kind of output is in terms of them being one of the other bigger horror producers uh, in, in mainstream cinema right now, but mostly it's very on the nose, on the surface, basic. We're going to scare you. There's going to be some very archetypal characters, good score, good cinematography, but it's a totally different thing here. I mean, I think the, what that what A24 is striving to do, Jeremy, is they're trying to make Every horror movie like Stanley Kubrick would if he was still alive.
0: I'm cool with it. I I really enjoy their work. When I see A24, you know, in the start of a trailer or on a movie poster, it instantly has my attention and makes me go, oh, okay." well, I'm going to be fucking watching this because they've created a brand of in in a certain type of horror film that they tell that I'm super into because. I've said it multiple times on the show. I, I'm really into slow burn horror because typically the payoff is just, it's worth it. It's worth the wait. Yes. And I'm all about it. So that's kind of, you know, the brand that A24 brings. You know, you you mentioned Blumhouse and fuck. They had so much potential, dude. That's how I used to- You
1: know to- why I brought it up. Oh, I brought yeah. it up literally oh, just yeah. to try to get you, oh, yeah. get you off and see what you are going to say.
0: Dude, they had so <laughs> much potential. They started so strong that when I saw Blumhouse, it made me feel like how A24 makes me feel now. When I used to see the Blumhouse logo, I'd be like, oh, shit, this is going to be good because these are people that care about the product that they're putting out, and they're putting out consistent quality stuff. And then I think the, the Hollywood system and things got into place. You know, they put out some big hits, and then they were like, you know, let's try to do bigger mainstream hits, and... Then they start funding things that maybe shouldn't have got the green light, you know, like the the Black Christmas remake yes. and Fantasy Island and some other things to where it's like. And then they put out, you know, uh, the film that I'm not going to bring up on the show anymore because we've brought it up so many times to where it's like, dude, what are our you, listeners what are, already know? Yeah, what movie oh, yeah, oh tell you. yeah. When you say that, they are. Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. I'm not even fucking but, I mean, I'm not verbalizing we're, we're, it
1: unfortunately, we're going to, I mean, maybe fortunately, who knows? Well, we haven't been there yet. We haven't gotten to see the movie, but we're going to be revisiting this subject again in October, in October for sure. You, know, you but, know, but
0: it's like, you know, at, at what point does, is it just someone just slides notes over? Like, here's the kind of movie we're going to make. And Jason Blum just goes, OK, well, here's the budget. Go make it. You know, like who's doing quality control and who's the one that's saying, you know what? This is really good. And this is the kind of movie that we're making. I don't know. But the people at 824, as of right now, they they get it. And I'm here for it, and they've got my money, so keep keep doing it. But yeah, dude, let's let's talk about.
1: Yeah, and I, I, thank I, I want to A24. I want for letting us see this movie so early, way before it actually comes out. Because upon this recording, A24 is releasing Men into theaters on May 20th officially. So hopefully, if, if I would say this, if you're listening to this right now, I may recommend seeing the movie first because. I feel like we to get into this review, we actually need to just dig it all up and throw it all onto the fucking ground and just play with it a little bit. And that means we're going to get into spoilers. So if you're really I mean, and I do think this is probably the best way to go. See the movie. Listen to the episode. But if you've seen the trailer. So I'll give you an indication what the movie's about. It's about a young woman who goes on a solo holiday in the English countryside after the death of her husband uh, played by she's just this is played by Jesse Buckley, who plays Harper um, Academy Award nominee, Jesse Buckley, actually, which I did not know until after I saw the movie. And she's just trying to go on a holiday after this tragic event. And then strange encounters turn into what you'd say is maybe a shape-shifting nightmare when someone or something from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her. What you think, Jeremy, is going to be a traditional, maybe home invasion, folk slasher-style horror movie goes absolutely Bat shit fucking crazy to say it lightly and an absolute mind trip into cinematic insanity. I just have to say right now, ladies and gentlemen, you've never seen a fucking movie quite like this never, before. Never. I've <laughs> never
0: seen anything like this before. Um, can I can I just say that I, I, I hate the, the the English term holiday. I'm going on a holiday. Motherfucker, that's vacation. I'm going on holiday. I'm going on a holiday. It's like how oh, long
1: do you think they've been saying that, though? Before I don't we know. Came I, up with vacation. I
0: fucking hate it. I don't know. When I hear do you, people, do say you that, think like once the holiday from England came over to America? You're taking a Christmas, like, huh?
1: What, they're probably taking, still saying that I'm, shit too. I'm taking a Thanksgiving today. I'm taking a I'm taking a Halloween, man. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck yeah, that's the best. Actually, form. you know what? Fuck that. I want to bring that back. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, I'm going on Halloween. <laughs> 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 I'm going on Halloween. Um... But that's the one thing about this movie, though. Um, You know, Alex Garland as a filmmaker has most definitely tested and challenged the minds of his audience before on his past two efforts. But I don't think either movie has done anywhere near close uh, and has gotten as ambitious or as ambiguous as men has. And I'm saying right now to those of you that have seen this movie, if you thought the backlash to Aronofsky's mother with Jennifer Lawrence was bad, you're not fucking prepared for the reaction that this movie is going to get, because I guarantee you it's going to be equal or greater than in terms of the people, especially Jeremy, the G.A., the general audience movie goer that's going to be like, oh, that trailer looks like a cool horror movie and they're going to go watch it. And it's not what they're expecting.
0: Dude, that general audience person, when they get to the finale, is going to be shocked, appalled and most likely angry at that ending because the ending is by far and away the strangest goddamn thing I have ever seen in my (laughs) life. I can't fucking wait to talk about it. It is dude the ending of that movie like (laughs) I want to take people who don't watch horror films or like dude maybe I might just fucking (laughs) I might bring that to my parents house. They don't watch horror films and just be like I'm not even going to make them watch the whole movie. I'm just going to fast forward it to the finale. Mom and
1: dad, I got something I really want to show you. Hey,
0: look, look, look at what I watch for fun. And then they're going to be like, he needs psychological help. Who would want to see this? And like, I feel like a, a general audience member is not going to be fucking prepared for that. Not one. Bit. No,
1: not at all. And especially, like I said, I, I love that the trailer uh, tries to draw you in to what to what it wants you to think it is. And then it's really not that. So there's a lot of mystery surrounding what's actually in the movie, which is great, man. That almost never happens in modern filmmaking at all. It's it's almost always you see the trailer and you see almost the entire movie. You see all the plot beats. You can see the
0: beginning, the middle and the ending all in the trailer. And here, not even close. I I wish more films would do this, right? Like imagine Jurassic World, right? Okay, so they make this Jurassic World, the uh, Dominion movie, right? And just imagine they only release a teaser trailer, just with little things that it does not tell you what it is. You know there's going to be dinosaurs there. You know it's going to be an action-adventure film, right? But then imagine going to the theater and being like, oh my God, freaking Sam Neill's in this, Lord Dern's in this, Jeff Goldblum's in this. Imagine the cheers from the audience if that was was an experience they could have that they would have no idea. Don't put them in the trailers. Have it be a total surprise. Like I wish cinema was like that. And it used to be like that for a lot of films back in the day would put out. Well, dude, what what
1: you're describing, like think about the original teaser trailer to Jurassic Park, dude. All you saw at the end of the first teaser was that T-Rex foot go down into the mud. And then it went black and you saw the logo and that was it. That's all that teaser trailer was. And every kid in the fucking theater was like, you were either terrified, excited, or both. And you were like, oh my
0: God, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, dude. I, re- I remember being in the theater for for Jurassic Park. 93, man. I was in, I think, third grade? Second, third grade? and yeah, I was definitely in third grade. Yeah, I was in 93. third grade. And uh, I was terrified, man. Because I knew that I was going to see something I hadn't seen before. And when that lamb leg went onto the windshield and it's bloody as fuck, I was, I was scared, dude. Legitimately scared. So, like... Now, imagine if they released a trailer like they release now for Jurassic Park in 93. It would have taken all of the excitement and terror and the experience out of watching these things for the first time. I mean, not to not to bring up Blumhouse again, but like, dude, when they released Black Christmas, they put everything in the fucking trailer and you called him out for it personally, which is why. goddamn, I love you. You you asked him. Yeah, when we had that uh, interview with Jason Blum,
1: which was a very brief uh, circle jerk interview, if you will, uh, a roundtable interview, I had to ask that question, man. And uh, like you said to me, you said, good press, uh, good interviewers ask hard questions. And I think that was something that needed to be asked. And he obviously doesn't give a shit because he said he, just, he wants people to see as much as they can to get them interested. I understand that modern audiences are... Kind of set up that way. Now they're kind of you know wired that way, if you will, because if they don't see enough that's interesting, they're not going to want to see it. But I miss the days. I think it's it, it's just a, a matter of taste, if you will, or age. Like us, we're old ass motherfuckers. But I do miss the days of being surprised, and that's why I I, I commend Alex Garland and A twenty four for making a movie like this, and and not really. I mean, the stuff that you see in this movie, had they showed that shit in the trailer, like. I'm telling you right now, 85 to 90% of the population will be like, fuck that. I'm not going to see that movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's not a negative thing because i uh, it's taken me three weeks to really process this film. But I, I really, well, I guess I got to wait to the end to say, you know, how I feel about that. But I don't know, man. It's uh, going to a theater, I feel like, should be an experience. And that is exactly what I felt like we got out of this film. Is an absolute experience, man. Um, it was a roller coaster ride. I I had literally no idea what this movie was going to be about, except for it's a chick that goes to a house and she does this weird song thing in a, in a tunnel, and it echoes, which is really cool. And I loved how in the trailer, how they used that as part of the score, which has been a co- kind of a common theme in a lot of different horror films over the past several years. Uh, but I feel like we have to talk about the fact, let's just jump into it, man, is uh, Rory Kinieri. Uh, He plays Joffrey. Joffrey. So Harper, which is the chick, uh, which is played by Jesse Buckley. So I'll just go ahead and say it. So Jesse Buckley's character, Harper, her husband committed suicide. She's not sure, actually, if it's suicide or if he slipped and fell. So come to find out, they were in a nasty spell on their marriage and finally she had had enough and for the first time ever he struck her right which was jarring and she's like very intense moment very intense and she was like get the fuck out I'm divorcing you I don't give a fuck and he's like no please please and so she kicks him out of the apartment well he goes upstairs to the floor above and breaks into a neighbor's house and gets on their deck and she doesn't know Harper doesn't know whether He jumped to his death or whether he was trying to climb down from their balcony, uh, from the neighbor's balcony to their balcony and slipped and fell to his death. Either way, it doesn't tell you how much time has passed since his death. But I mean, it, it hasn't been a long time. I would say maybe three weeks since her husband's death and he died brutally. And the most fucked up thing about his death is that She was so distraught over him hitting her that she took a moment to try and collect herself. So she walked over to the window and was just looking out the window, like kind of thinking about her life and the situation that she was in right at that moment. He fell or jumped and they actually make eye contact as he's falling to his fucking death. They end up showing what he looks like when he hits the ground and it's really fucked up. So she, uh, she decides to take a holiday. Holiday. Fucking motherfucking holiday. Halloween. (laughs) She goes on a Halloween. So she, uh, she rents this, this beautiful, beautiful house in the countryside. And so she shows up. (laughs) Have have you ever just fucking shown up to somebody's house that has like some type of fruit tree or bush? And you're like, I'm just going to get out of my car and start eating shit. Without even washing it off, just Eating fucking... Eating shit that's not mine, you mean? Yeah, not even not yours, but I'm like, yo, did you, like, run that under the sink under a faucet or some <laughs> shit? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I was like, yo, that's weird and gross that she well, would do that. Well, that's a
1: modern mindset. This, 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 this estate, if you will, I believe is, like, 500 years old or some shit, so... I don't think they're putting pesticides or anything like that on their fruit, so.
0: That's true. I don't know, man.
1: I I guess when I've gone to like an apple orchard, I've grabbed like an apple off of a tree before and just like
0: bit into it. Yeah, I I don't know. We had. uh, I was a
1: kid and I worked at a farm. I remember like milking a cow and I put the cow's tit in my mouth and tried to squirt the milk in it. Come to find out, it was a dick,
0: and someone was like, "That's a man. That's men." Uh, Sorry, son. That's our bull. That's men. Fucking, uh, dude, we had a fig tree on the side of our house uh, when we first moved in here, and it was the most annoying... Like, first of all, I don't like fig. Like, I like a, a good fig, Newton, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a cake, it's not a cookie, motherfucker. Um, I mean, is a fig... Does a fig, Newton actually have fig in it, though? Yeah, the original one, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, it, dude, it was so annoying, man, because, like, it produced so many goddamn figs, you couldn't keep up with it, so they're falling out of the tree, they're fucking... Starting to rot outside. Dude, it started to sm- it literally smelled like IPAs because they were like fermenting. Yummy. Yeah, I'd walk out of my house and be like, damn, it smells like some beer up in here. But uh, I cut that motherfucker down. I was like, fuck a fig tree. If it was an apple tree. I would have kept it. I'd be like, all right, I, c- I can handle this, but I don't even like figs. So I got rid of it. But anyways, so Joffrey, Joffrey played by Rory Kinnear. Uh, God had the most goddamn punchable face ever, dude. Like was he like, was smiling the entire time. Dude, I wish he was, I wish could do a good British accent, yeah, but I can't. He so. was so funny, though, man. He was like, oh, apple from the garden. She was like, yes, it was delicious. He's like, no. Well, dude, he
1: shames her for it. Yeah. He scolds her. M- and it, for There's like a brief silence where he like looks at her
0: and M- then like mustn't do acts that. like he's joking. Forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit. But <laughs> So you nailed it, motherfucker. Yeah, forbidden Mustn't do that. Forbidden fruit. So there's,
1: there's one thing I need to bring up right now Brings before it. we go any further Brings on it. this. Um, and I'm not sure if you were aware of this or if you looked it up before we recorded but as we were watching the movie I had no idea that Rory Kinnear played every single male character in this movie. Minus her husband who jumps out of the window even the fucking kid the priest all of them, the cop the green man that's naked throughout the movie it's all him
0: it's all, like, it's all him. it's all him,
1: which I couldn't believe that fucking shit. After I saw the movie, I saw someone tweet about how great it was that he did so many performances in the movie. And I was like, wait,
0: what? It's it's because visually it, it, it the whole movie is. You know, it gets thrown around a lot that it's like watching a nightmare, you know, and I know that I've said that before, that analogy. But this movie was literally like if you fell asleep and you started dreaming and your dream didn't make any sense, but it was the scariest goddamn thing ever. That was this fucking movie. Most of it was like, all right, well, this kind of doesn't make sense, but it is fucking terrifying. And uh, Harper is just on a terrifying moment after another terrifying moment after another terrifying on moment. on terrifying holiday. Halloween. <laughs> fucking dude. It, the fact that it is played by him just furthers it being visual nightmare. Like, I mean,
1: dude, looking up on this before we sat down to record it, I had no idea what went into his performance that sometimes he would play multiple characters within a single day. So he'd have like 45 minutes in order to switch between characters to get in and out in out of one and then into the other. I mean, dude, holy shit. Talk about a true chameleon and a master of his craft. I mean, all of the males in the movie, are played, played by, by this guy? one actor same and guy? a dude pulled to ridiculous lengths by projecting his face at one point onto a nine-year-old's body, which you
0: notice immediately. I, you know, we're, we were in this, this critic screening, right? And so, like... You've got these people that they, you know, it's not that I don't take this stuff seriously, being, you know, that we do the podcast and we do reviews. Seriously, but <laughs> That was pretty fucking good. Uh, but, you know, you've got these film critics that they show up, they got their little notepads and all these things. And, and a lot of them are so fucking serious because, like, film is their life. Film is my life, too. But, like, I also like to have fun and I, I can enjoy it for what it is. I Dude. When the little kid at the church lifts up his Halloween, Halloween mask, Halloween mask, his holiday mask. And it was literally a very bad deep fake of Roy Kinnear's face on this kid's body. And like they didn't even de him. Like it was it was it was again nightmare fuel because it was like an old dude's face on a young kid. And like when I, I, I say th- it wasn't. Th- I th- yeah. When I say it wasn't good deep fake. I mean, like. I don't know. I, I I think the dude from Star Wars has kind of fucking spoiled me when it comes to deep, deep fake stuff. It didn't it wasn't the worst I've ever seen, but it was I don't know. But my point is when he lifted his mask up, I was the only one in the theater. Then I went, ah! <laughs> I laughed so fucking I'm glad hard. you did, though. I th-
1: Honestly, man, I think that it was done. Purposely, I really do believe that, I mean, Alex Garland is a master. He really is. I know you haven't seen Ex Machina, but when you do, when you get the opportunity, I mean, his visual sense, he made that movie on a tiny-ass budget, and the CG and the visual effects in that movie are jaw-droppingly beautiful. I still believe Alicia Vikander should have been nominated for Best Actress for that movie, and goddamn you, Academy, I hate you every single year because you (laughs) didn't. But uh, I, I have to believe... Jeremy, that he did this intentionally to make it a jarring experience to view this. Oh, for because sure. It com- I mean, everything else is done pretty much practically in the movie. And we're yeah. going to get to the ending at some point, and that's almost all done
0: practically. Speaking of practically, so, can can we talk about the naked dude that also played by Rory Kinnear? Also pay played by Rory Kinnear. So, like, when she's at that little tunnel, she's like. And then it's like which goes on for like five Uh,
1: minutes, uh, by uh, the way. uh, I liked it, though. It was uh, soothing.
0: And you knew something was happening and like the music was kind of building. And all of a sudden, all you see at the end of the tunnel is just darkness and shadows. And out of the darkness and shadows, a man stands up a silhouette. Scary, dude. It was fucking scary. Scary ass visuals. And he starts following her. But he's butt naked, dick swinging like Brady's dad. After a mouse. Poor Brady.
1: He's not here for this.
0: Yeah, he he didn't get Brady, to see get, it because he fucking. Be ready, moved. go
1: go. I I gave him the sign up. Go fucking sign up for advanced screenings, motherfucker. Then you can go see those movies and talk
0: about them with us early. Dude, this this guy follows her out of the woods, and like I said, like dick swinging. You know what's what's really interesting is that the only nudity in this film is male nudity. It's I mean, the, nudity, the movie's yeah. called Men, and you see a lot of male penis, full frontal male penis. In this film, and, you know, it's taboo, and once upon a time, you just never saw that in theatrical releases, and it's kind of strange now, you know, and very fitting, you know, as it should be, you know, if there can be, you know, full frontal female nudity in the theaters, there should be dick swinging in the theater, you know. I mean, Um, yeah,
1: and I mean, the character he's portraying here is a a, a green man, if you will, which is a folk version of a, a specific type of archetypal character. And which represents the primal element of man and nature. So, of course, if he is man and nature, I would expect him to have his dick out. Like he ain't going to be wearing boxers or anything, right?
0: Yeah. So he's he's got all these cuts <clears throat> and bruises and and abrasions all over him because he lives out in the wilderness and you know lives amongst the. Uh, Imagine how many prickers he got in his balls, dude! dude. Oh my Damn. God. He's he's just out there, you know, living living his best naked life, and. He gets arrested because he follows her and she calls the cops. And then this is when I was like, because, you know, a lot of these films or films like this will play the well. Is this really happening or is it not happening? Is it in her mind because she's going through the grief and things? And no, she calls the cops and they come and they arrest this naked guy. This guy is really after her. So I was like, OK, like, so this is really happening. It's not going to be a thing at the end of the movie where they try to M. Night la, Lama, 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 Lama. And ding go. Dong. Shamalama ding dong. Shamalama ding dong. Shamalama ding actually, dong. <laughs> I turned it into this. a Dave Matthews song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What yeah. would you so say? Shamalama ding dong.
1: <laughs> Stupid. There it is. Stupid. There's your pop culture reference. But Stupid. You bringing this scene up, I have to say, not to cut you off. But yeah. This was one of my favorite build up scenes through the whole entire movie because leading up to this, I mean, we see that she's dealing with something. But once she gets to this 500-year-old estate, she seems like she's comfortable. She's trying to be happy and deal with this issue by just getting away, which most humans do. For some reason, we feel like if we go somewhere different, that it's going to help with the situation that we're all trying to handle. And that walk into the woods and that sighting of that image, and then she runs and she feels trapped because she doesn't know where she is. And then she goes off into this pasture and she turns around and sees what looks like abandoned buildings that used to be for housing of some kind. They look like fucking chicken coops to me, but then he's just standing there. And then from there she goes back to the house. And obviously this is a modern movie, so we're dealing with technology. She's on her phone and she's FaceTiming with her friend. It's the only other female character in the entire movie. And then we get these amazing shots, Jeremy in this fantastic suspense of her like showing the house to her friend, and this this green man in the this background with this schlong swinging like a fucking, and he's like just in the back in the in the window, and then she finally sees that he's there, and then calls the cops as he
0: tries to fucking break in, and then he's like, "Mom, it's my birthday. What would you say, Shamalama dick swinging?" Yeah. So this fucking guy is is completely naked. And he's like following her. So then, that guy, the naked guy, gets arrested, and I'm assuming they take him to, you know, to a jail or somewhere. They, I gotta assume they give him clothes for the time being. They're like, all right, they, no,
1: they say they mentioned they gave him clothes. Naked yeah, dude, here you go. Here's
0: clothes. some clothes, and
1: which don't last
0: long, apparently. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I, those motherfuckers. That's why. Right that's why I was gonna say. The moment he gets out of jail, he was like naked, musket, naked. It's because you never hear him speak or anything. So I can only imagine he talks like a caveman. And so anyway, so. You know, she um, this character, Harper, you know, is really with her thoughts. And uh, what I was what I was going to mention about there was a moment in this film that they could have tried sexualizing her because she literally takes a bubble bath in this movie. And in traditional horror, it, you would have seen her nude in the bath, you know, winding down or at least some cleavage of some
1: kind. Yeah, at least nothing.
0: A, you know, nothing. Side nude. Nope. A side shot something, if you will. Nope. They shot that completely tastefully. There was absolutely no skin that you saw. But like I said, this this guy, green guy, straight dick flopping, dude. Uh, floppy disk. Floppy dicks. That's what I'm to say. <laughs> <laughs> floppy disks. <laughs> so, So all of these different men characters. So you got Joffrey who, you know, rented the house to her. And then you've got the the green man in the woods played by the same guy. Then she goes to a, to a priest, and they have an exchange, and pretty much... He's a brick, too. He's an he's, asshole to her as well. She did, Not initially. Like, he seems like he wants to help her initially, and so she's, you know, telling him about what happened to her husband and how he died, and, you know, essentially she doesn't know whether he killed himself, or he slipped and he fell, and it was an accident, and the priest, also played by the same guy with a white wig, is like, well... Do you think this would have happened if you would have allowed for him to apologize to you? You never allow uncomfortably to touches as as her he uncomfortably leg
1: comfortably has, has his hand gripped tightly on her fucking leg. And there's like a big close up of that shit. And you know, in 2022, uh, unless there's consent given, you don't put
0: your hands on anybody. Hashtag me too, bro. Me too, man. Me too, man. Mm, there it is. So, uh, so they get into an argument because essentially he's telling her that the death is, is her fault. And she's like, fuck you. And then there's a fucking kid with the Halloween mask that wants to play like hide and go seek with her. And, (laughs) and she's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not in the mood to play games. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) 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 And he rolls out and the priest was like, oh, he's, he's mentally disturbed.
1: Uh, I definitely laughed under my breath for that. And I'm like, that's exactly what Not maybe fuck not a bitch. nine years old, but maybe when I'm a 12 or something, I'd be like, fuck you, bitch.
0: Dude. I'd run my ass away, though, because I'd be worried about getting my ass kicked. But so you know. also the little kid played by same guy played by Rory Kinnear. And so she then goes to a bar and literally the bartenders played by the same guy. There is a bar patron played by the same guy. And then the, one of the police officers, played by the same guy, he shows up, and they essentially, you know, in this bar scene, they're like, "Oh, and Joffrey is there as well in that in that bar yeah, scene." Yeah. So
1: imagine how crazy it must have been to shoot this scene with the same guy playing all the characters, because in some of the wide shots, they're all in the same
0: shot. Dude. Yeah. So it, it must have. You know who we should ask how that feels? Eddie Murphy. Hashtag yeah, Nutty Professor. There it is. Yeah. That's exactly I mean, who the fuck we should ask. It's, it's, it's been
1: a long time, though, since we've seen an actor play that many different characters in the same scene. So it's yeah. extremely impressive. And I'm I'm curious, considering that neither of us noticed it while we watched the movie for the first time, how many people will actually notice? Hence why, as I was telling my wife earlier about the movie, I, I, I prevented myself from actually spoiling it because I'm like, I want to go see this movie again for sure. And I want to watch it with her and see if she notices, which I'm almost
0: positive she won't. Oh. Yeah. uh, Insane. So they, they tell her in this bar that, oh, yeah, we didn't really have a whole lot. You know, he didn't break into your house. He didn't break anything. He didn't steal anything. We didn't have a whole lot to charge him with. We had to release him. So she's like, what the fuck? All right. Fuck you guys. And she leaves and she goes back to the house. And that's. Where, no,
1: Jimmy? Did did she even finish her pint though? No, did she even finish her booze. Alcohol abuse. She wasted that. She For abused real. and she abused. That cat, that. Man, I mean, the thing about how and we have to bring this up because it's consistent throughout the movie. Anytime any male character interacts with her and speaks with her, everything is condescending yes. in a way. Even if they seem nice or they're trying to help her or be friendly with her, if you will, everyone is talking down to her.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Like, like she should not be scared that a naked dude was like stalking her throughout the window of this gigantic mansion in the middle of nowhere. And that now he's out on the loose again. They act like, oh, you shouldn't be worried about that. Oh, no, not. You not. should be fine being in that house all by yourself alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, the journey that she was on is, it's just strange occurrence after strange occurrence after strange occurrence. And also while all this is going on, there are flashbacks to her and her now deceased husband's relationship. And it, it's telling a story in itself, these flashbacks, you know, uh, throughout the film. And you just find out just how unhappy they were and how essentially his unhappiness and their failed marriage has turned him into a different person. And he's jealous and he's angry and he refuses to let her go. He's telling her, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. And she's like, you don't get, to do this to me. And he's like, No, I'm just telling you, if you're willing to divorce me, we made a life commitment to our friends and our family that we're going to be together forever. And if you're abandoning that, you're discarding me like a piece of trash. If that's what I am, is a piece of trash, I'll throw myself away and I'll kill myself. And she's like, You're fucked up. Don't do that. And everything just escalates and escalates. So she is constantly, because the death of her husband is still very fresh. You know, like I said, I would I would estimate it's maybe been three weeks since he's passed. I mean, she hasn't even
1: changed her name yet. So she's still, when she walks in, she still has the last name of Marlo. Yeah. In which she has to correct Jeffrey when he says, Mrs. Marlo, and he just says, Miss, I haven't changed my
0: name yet. Yeah, it, it man, awful. So then it it, it it culminates into this finale that is, again, I want to reiterate, one of the strangest, actually, not one of the strangest, the strangest Probably the straight, yeah, thing I, mean, I have. Particularly
1: in recent years, I can't even imagine. I mean, yes, it's A24. Yes, you're going to expect to see some really artsy, art house, crazy shit happening. But I don't think either of us were prepared for what we saw on that screen and what we endured at all. Dude. I mean- Part of me wants to hold it back and not ruin it for the audience so they can see it for themselves. But it's like, maybe if we can try to explain it without actually detailing the visual, because th- the third act of the movie ups the ante. It just goes shit crazy. Like, it's brutal. It's nuts. Every, um, you know, every one of
0: the characters, uh, every single one of the, the men characters in this town that she's coming in contact with shows up at this countryside huge house and is trying to break in and is coming after her and me saying that it sounds like it would be like a traditional horror thing the way that they that that Alex Garland filmed it it wasn't it was it was still terrifying but it was also still like a nightmare like it just keeps coming so you know spoiler spoiler everything is spoiler i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck so when her husband dies he falls on, like, like a spiked fence, and it flays, like, the middle of his arm all the way down, and it splits his, his arm and his hand in half, and it he breaks his fucking, his leg in the fall as well, and they show that, right? So, all of a sudden, all these guys start showing up, and she starts fighting him, and one of them... She stabs in the arm and all of a sudden, like, you know, he in the one of the most gruesome and slow drawn out scenes. Beautifully done. Dude, oh it was d- disgusting. Beautiful practical effects. Though. This guy reached his arm through the fucking like the mail slot in the door, and she yeah. stabs him. And rather than him just being frozen there, because he's like, ah fuck, I got a knife there, he starts pulling his arm away, which starts. Cutting his arm. In she pulls a
1: Home Alone, man.
0: Imagine yeah. if Home Alone was rated R. It's exactly yeah. what fucking Kevin McAllister would have done. So all of a sudden, when this guy eventually gets his arm free, his the bottom half of his arm is split in two. It's disgusting. It's flopping around. You see bone and tissue. And he ends up getting into the house. And so you just see these two. One of the most fucked up things is when he grabs her by the throat. And like both the hand is split. Yeah. Both sections of his hands almost look like like separate snakes wrapped around her throat. And then Joffrey, the homeowner, shows up and he like he seems like he's trying to help her and come to find out, you know, he's a malevolent force as well. And she ends up hitting him with the car. As as she's trying to escape and then it breaks his leg. So now all of a sudden you notice all of the men have their arms flayed. All of them have the broken, the broken leg or the broken ankle, what have you. So now all of them have the same wounds that the husband who killed himself had, right? But they keep coming after her. Now, mind you, the naked green dude at one point in the movie takes a a piece of glass or something and slits his forehead open and puts a leaf in the slit in his forehead. Next thing you know, like, he starts growing like all of these vines and twigs out of his face and his body. And it's infected and it's like pus oozing. Fucking terrifying. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's 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 nightmare fuel at its best. And it's all done on purpose to make you feel unsettled and at times deeply disturbed. And it stays with you and it, it, it continues to build inside you. And I I think the thing that's the most important about the third act of the movie, Jeremy, is once it goes there, it keeps you guessing like, whoa, holy shit, dude. They just did that. Oh, my God. They're going to do that, too. So you're constantly like on edge, like, dude, they could literally do anything here. No holds barred. They're opening up the gates, man. There's there's literally no rules to what they're going to be able to do at the end of this movie No. And it's absolutely brutal. I mean, they they don't hold back at all whatsoever. Everything is shown on screen. This ain't no pussy-ass movie. This is a real straight-up gruesome, brutal
0: horror movie. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, and what's strange is that even though saying all this, I'm like, yes, it's horror, but it's just so not the standard traditional horror that I, it's just these A24 films are kind of, in a league of their own, and I know that the term elevated horror is something that has been thrown around a lot lately, which I think elevated horror just means it's, it's well-written, and it makes you think, and it's thought-provoking, and it doesn't spell everything out for you, and that's exactly what this is, and it's just insanity, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. Can I say it? Can I tell say him? It. Say it. Tell him. Do it. So the finale of this movie, what I've been talking about this whole time being the most- disgusting, strange, bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life, in my life, was, so the, the green man with the twigs, and the leaves, and the branches, and the pus, like, starts coming after her in the front yard, and she's backing away, all of a sudden, his stomach swells, huge, huge, and he appears to be pregnant, he falls down to the ground, and the camera pans in, To the fact that there is a vagina under his ball sack. I'm not kidding you. He's got a man vagina. And all of a sudden. He gives birth to another man that ends up coming out and being full sized. And again, guess what? Played by the same guy. So all of a sudden he's like all like fucking blood and pus and placenta covered. And he's like, But what's crazy is that as he's born. He still has the same wounds that her husband had. He's got the flayed arm. He's got the broken ankle a broken leg, whatever. And he starts shambling towards her. You know, she starts going backwards and he's like, he's like coming towards her. Next thing you know, his stomach gets huge. He falls to the ground. It zooms in on his man pussy. (laughs) What else to call it but that? I mean, that's really what it, it is. It, and when I tell you that it zooms in on a vagina, it zooms in on a fucking man vagina, dude. Close up on a on a man's vagina. And all of a sudden, man's vagina. I had to say it one more time. So all of a sudden. It sounds so good, though, doesn't it? Man's, man's vagina. vagina. So then he gives birth to another one. And then that one has a vagina on his back. And that pussy fucking spreads open. And then there another dude comes out of the back. Meanwhile, she's consistently backing up and going backwards into the house while these men with man pussies keep fucking dropping and producing more men that just produce more men. And the ones that that give birth, they die like they they don't get back up. They, they're dead. And so finally, this is the finale, the very end of the movie. She backs up into this this room with a couch. And next thing you know, the last person to be born doesn't come out of like a vagina from the fucking the back or the front or whatever. All of a sudden, a foot comes out of the fucking mouth. It was disgusting, right? It kind of reminds reminds me of that uh the VHS box art for uh, Company of Wolves. Company of Wolves, where yeah, the yeah,
1: the, the wolf is cut the wolf nose is coming out of the dude's mouth. Yeah, it's kind
0: of, it kind of what what it reminded me of. And so all of a sudden, she's backed in this corner and. She can't see the last guy, and all of a sudden he walks into the frame, into the door frame, and it's her husband. It's no longer the guy that's been played, you know, by the same dude the whole movie. It's her fucking husband, and his arm is still flayed, and he's still got the broken ankle, and he is also butt ass naked. So again, more more male dick, dick a flopping, more male nudity, yeah, and. He walks over and just sits on the couch, and it's like he's catching his breath. It's it's it is very much and and I'll t- I have a theory on what this fucking movie actually is and what it's about, but it's like he he he's out of breath. He's like because it's been him the whole time. All of these different men have been him, her husband, haunting her, literally haunting her, and he motions for her to come sit on the couch, and she comes and she sits on the couch. And she asks the question. She goes, why are you doing this? And he goes, so you'll love me. And then it cuts to uh, Harper's friend finally showing up outside. And Harper's on the front porch. And she's covered in blood. And it seems like she's better. Like, everything is better. Maybe at this point she'll be able to move on from... Her husband's death. But I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and tell you my theory. Yeah, let's hear
1: this, because, I again, this movie is very ambiguous in its themes and what it's trying to convey.
0: Very much so. You know, it, it's kind of like when somebody dies of cancer, right? It, it's hard to think of them because they people suffer for so long, you know, when they have cancer that. You know, when you think back of them, you don't want to remember them that way. But if they're sick for so long and if things are bad for so long, you you end up kind of remembering that's that's what you think about is, man, they were really bad at the end. They were really bad at the end. And that's what I think this is, is, you know, their marriage had gotten so bad and so out of control that they both were so wildly, you know, unhappy. And she was just the one that was willing to call it off. He wasn't. And then he and they never clarify whether he slipped and fell to his death or whether he jumped, but he's gone. And her memory was still of the fact that he hit her. That was her last memory of him outside of like when they made eye contact when he was falling to his death. And that's all she could fixate on was how bad things were at the end. So I, you know, and it made her think like he was a bad guy. You know, he did really bad things at the end and he was a bad guy. And my thought on what this movie is about is that he was haunting her from beyond the grave to show her, like, there are much worse things and people out there. I wasn't so bad. Like, I feel like he was manifesting himself as these different men, and he was being terrible as these men to almost soften her memory of him.
1: That's interesting. I you know, that's actually very thought-provoking. I didn't even think of it in that
0: light at all. Yeah, that that is that is cuz you know, obviously he's been the one controlling things this whole time. And it wasn't just his memory was haunting her, like he was physically haunting her through these men in this town. Like was he able to, you know, manifest himself in this supernatural way in this town cuz I mean, obviously the green man was him as well and who got physically arrested so he physically manifested himself as these different men as horrible to make her terrified and make her scared and make her think that these are horrible people to soften her memory of him that he wasn't so bad he's not these guys and yeah i mean he had no malevolence towards her at all at the end when he's when he sat on the couch next to her. He just wanted, just, I just want you to love me. Don't think of me the way that you've been thinking of me. You know, just love me. And that's my theory on what this fucking movie is about is it's him not willing to allow their final moments to determine who who he was to her.
1: That's very true. And I think, uh you know, throughout life, um, so many people are judged by, you know, maybe a certain period of their life And the rest of that life that they lived is ignored. Um part of me feels like the other characters in this are a metaphor for the him, you know, her being haunted by his death and her being haunted by this toxic masculinity, which is the strongest theme throughout the movie. Now, I I know people are gonna come at this movie and be like, this shit is woke fuel. I don't feel this movie is really woke at all, but I feel like Garland is definitely playing with the themes of toxic masculinity because in the movie, you know, our main character is never treated particularly well by any male at all. Mm -hmm. She's treated well by her one female friend and then every other male character either blames her for something, shames her for something, seems uncaring to her. Now, the one thing that I find interesting, Jeremy, and I I love your your idea of that theory, if you will, I think that it's interesting they never show us much more of their relationship. We don't see the happy side. We don't see much of a history. We just see the end of it and the end result of what seems to be a very unhappy marriage. And after this, I mean, this this poor woman deals with all of this shit. But fortunately, Jesse Buckley gives a brilliant performance. And I have to say a performance that rivals Rebecca Hall in the night house or Tony Collette in hereditary. I mean, she alternates from anger to fear, to being bold, to being timid, outright brutal in force when she's absolutely like destroying these fucking male figures at the end of the movie. She's like screaming at the top of her lungs with blood all over her at one point. I mean, so she's definitely, Not in a traditional sense, but even so, she's a scream queen here, man. I mean, she's a badass final girl in in this thing. Yeah, yeah, she's a a brutal fighter. And I got to say, the movie itself, um, I think that Garland set out to make something extremely ambitious and not all of it particularly works, but I think for the most part, the movie is what it is and it has to be admired because of how outlandish I mean, he went for the fucking top of the mountain, man. He did not try to reach for a mediocre version of the movie he wanted to make. He made the movie he wanted to make. It's extremely ambitious and high level and definitely has that A24 art house flair. And it's a mindfuck, man. I think that even if you're not into these kinds of movies as a horror fan or even as just a regular movie fan in general... This is a movie that I feel like should be seen by everybody. For and sure. And that's just my, my my opinion because we're rarely challenged no. anymore. You know what I mean? And like you said yourself, this movie made you think. Whether you walked out of it saying like, I'm in love with this movie or I hated this movie or you, it made you think. And it stuck in your brain. And, and that's the most important thing. And I say this like I've been saying it for years on any version of epic film guys that there is is what's important about cinema is that it stays with you and it resonates. And I think that that's the most important thing about men is that it gets you thinking. It's also ambiguous. It's not so on the nose where you can instantly walk out being like, here's what it's about. For example, like get out. I loved Jordan Peele's Get Out. It's one of my favorite movies of the past 10 years or whatever. But I mean, the themes in that movie are are pretty on the nose. And I mean, what he's trying to convey uh, is pretty much out in the forefront. And you can take it and grab it and look at it. And you know what it is. Here, the themes are laid on thick. But they're kind of woven throughout the movie at its core and underneath. And it allows you to kind of interpret it in your own way partially because the movie is so fucking crazy and a mind fuck that it just lets, it provides you with visuals to connect to the themes and it wants to allow you to take those for what they are and interpret them as an individual. And maybe I'm going off on a tangent here. but no, not, just, not, not feel, at all. I feel like the movie itself lends itself as being different to who you are as an individual and how you accept it and what you want to take from it. Because um, there's no clear indication at the end of the movie, like, this is what the movie is. You just walk out and you experience something, yep. and that's what the movie's trying to do. He wants to make you feel unsettled, uncomfortable, and yes, it, there's no, I wouldn't say jump scares in the movie. There, There's a, actually a couple really yeah. good old school jump scares, but the movie scares you in other ways, and it just gets you thinking. So, Absolutely. That's where...
0: I leave off there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I've been recommending this to everyone. You know, people have hit me up and been like, dude, don't tell me anything. But like, should I see this? Yeah. Fuck yeah, you should see this because it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's it's like watching someone's nightmare. And it works. And I I will tell you, though, when we walked out of that theater, I didn't know if I liked it. I didn't know if I loved it and I didn't know if I didn't care for it. I definitely didn't hate it initially from my first viewing, but I didn't know how I felt about it because it was just so strong. Everything about this film was so strong and so strange and so bizarre. But I'm not joking. Like I said earlier, it's been about three weeks since we've seen this and I've thought about this movie every single day since then. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I I love this fucking movie like I I think that I love this movie so we're going to do the trash it or treasure it right now trash it or treasure it. I, just, I just told you that I love it because it it really was an experience watching this movie and seeing this nightmare unfold so I'm gonna I'm gonna treasure this and I'm gonna recommend this to fucking everyone especially because this is not going to be for everyone but it's gonna be an experience for everyone Even if it pisses you off, for sure. Some will find it
1: pretentious. Some will find it to be a meddling, strange experiment into the world of toxic masculinity or how women are treated by men or how marriage can be toxic or how we all are affected by grief and real-life situations. But again, as I said a few minutes ago and as Jeremy just said it perfectly, you're going to have a takeaway with this movie regardless. And it'll make you think. And I think that's the most important thing. I mean, how many of you motherfuckers go to see the newest Marvel movie or the newest Disney movie? And you think about it for like the two hours after you saw it and you go to bed, you wake up the next day and you may tell your coworkers like, yeah, it was good. Go see it. Then you forget about it. And it's done, yeah. And that's that's the end of that experience with you. But this movie, and I do liken it to... Uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother with Jennifer Lawrence, because that was another movie. I've never seen that one either, man. I got to fucking jump on that. That movie is a, a total mind fuck in the same vein as this. But it's just a filmmaker that has a vision and they're unapologetic. And I love that with with these kinds of filmmakers. They are auteurs at their core. And all they care about is trying to present this. It's not, it's not them jacking themselves off, which so many people like to say. They just are inspired by something. I mean, imagine being the guy, Jeremy. I mean, you've been a creative guy. You've been writing songs. You've written films and screenplays yep. and, you know... Think about being the guy that came up with this shit in your fucking head. What kind of person it must be. Dude. Like you what it, what it must feel like to be the guy that came up with this.
0: I just I I just envision an executive <laughs> at A24 with their fucking cup of coffee and they're reading this script and all of a sudden they read and the green man falls to the ground, camera pans into a vagina under his nutsack that spreads wide open. Because <laughs> it said nutsack in the script for sure. Oh, dude. I just I just imagine him then just putting down his coffee and going, how much money does he want to make this? We're making this movie. You know, because this, this is some A24 shit. I'm, I'm sure they were like, yep, like that, like that.
1: Instantly, instantly. I mean, and so de- I'm definitely going to treasure this movie. I feel like, you know, everyone, again, you mentioned the the term elevated horror in which I'm not the biggest fan because yeah. I feel like there's always been horror that elevates the genre and there's always been the stuff that you and I love that's just like good old fashioned creature features and blood and gore guts slashers and good old scare em up flicks. But there has always been thought provoking horror and I think it's just a con- a trend that's continuing and I'm so happy that it has. I'm going to treasure the fuck out of this. I recommend everyone see it. If you love movies that challenge you, even if you're not a big horror fan, go check out Men. We're going to be releasing this episode, hopefully, if you're listening to this right now, on the actual release date of the movie. I know it's an A24 movie, so that means that it may be limited in your area. I know not... Every single huge AMC or Regal Cinema gets these movies, so I'm praying that you get it so you get the opportunity to see it in theaters because it's definitely one of the most thought-provoking and challenging movies and, I would say, exciting movies of the year. And honestly, yeah. Jeremy, I was just telling my good friend l saw us last night when I was recording our review for Top Gun Maverick, it's been a great year for movies overall so far. I feel like I agree. we've gotten a great variety. There's a lot of good stuff coming, too, and... Um, I'm happy, yeah, as a film lover and a horror guy It's been good, man it's been good been a great year. i
0: I said it before I wasn't a huge fan of movies that came out in twenty twenty one uh there were some some good ones in there, but i was I was disappointed more than I was enjoying the cinema that I saw last year, so this has been so much better. uh I've really been enjoying movies this year, so I, I couldn't agree more
1: yeah and I, I think the last takeaway here is and this is coming from a dude I'm a dude, I'm a dude bro dude with a man pussy. Don't be a needy, vain, misogynistic, morally bankrupt, and unkind asshole to women. Just don't be. Don't do it. Don't do it to your wife, your girlfriend, your friend that's a chick, or actually, really anyone. Just be a nice dude. Just be a nice person. In general,
0: be nice.
1: Unless you're on a podcast with someone like Jeremy, then then be an asshole to them once in a while. No,
0: be nice. You have to be nice to me.
1: Or be ratatatty episode. We got to be mean to him because he's young and he, he, he needs to be taught something and learned. But thanks so much for listening to this week's brand new Brain Stew Fresh Frights review. We really appreciate you listening. We're so glad to be able to bring you some reviews of some new horror and hopefully we'll be having some new stuff in the coming months to be able to give you as well. Jeremy, if they want to find us on the socials,
0: tell them. You gotta go find, find the, green, the green guy. In the tunnel, <laughs> you gotta sing a song, it's like, ha ha, ha ha, ha, and then the green guy is going to reach in his man pussy and pull out a piece of paper with the URLs on it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're going to make me
1: fucking cough, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah, inside, so, the,
0: inside the inside green man's <laughs> pussy, that's where you'll find us. <laughs>
1: we're, uh, we're on social media, literally everywhere. At Epic Film Guys, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know it. That's where you can find all the brain stew goodness. And we have some merchandise on the way soon. If you really like what you're hearing, dude, support the shit out of us, man. Patreon.com slash Epic Film Guys. You can become a patron. You can get all of this content early and exclusive content, just like our top five monster movies of the 1980s that we did a few weeks ago it was top five or top ten? I don't remember. I don't know. One it was two weeks. It was. It was a few weeks ago, so I already forgot. But there's there's exclusive episodes that are just for you and all that nonsense. So definitely, you can be a dollar a month, five dollars a month. If it's ten dollars a month, that means we can come visit you at your house and rub your feet and do all kinds of nice things to you. That's I right. don't know. Right. Jeremy will sing for you. He'll sing Creed or. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band or whatever he decides what to Whatever!
0: Whatever!
1: There it is, see? But again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy. Halloween.
0: Holiday. Who hallow- <laughs> I'm
1: going on Halloween.